I would assume most of you have heard about what has been happening at Asbury University in Kentucky. That sounded like a, that sounded like a Kentucky holler back there, Jen. You know, this college campus went through an outpouring or revival. We have all these English words we try to give to a move of God, what he's doing uniquely. And he poured out his presence in, in 1970 on that campus. And what followed suit was for, for the, that extended time as it kept going, it was student testimonies, student testimonies pouring out what God was doing in their life. And it just kept burning like a wildfire. God decided to show up again powerfully a couple weeks ago on that campus. But there is a few markers that I want to talk about. They, they went on faithfully walking with Jesus. And right after the end of a chapel service, midweek, some individuals just stayed around and started worshiping. And there was a, there was a testimony of a man that just came forward with repentance repentance publicly. And, and I've got to tell you, time and time again through revival history, it is repentance that breaks something open. Repentance breaks open what God is wanting to do in an environment. And so there's a few markers that I want to talk about there. Number one, no hype. Sometimes I think our generation's like, ugh, God doesn't really move in these, these old churches. God doesn't move when there's just a formal piano or when there's pews. Surely God cannot move in that place. Anyone feeling a little convicted? <laughs> but what was different in the room? There was hunger. Hunger was in the room. Not a hunger for even a move of God. Hunger for Jesus himself. And I want to just talk to you a moment about hunger. And then we're going to open up this space and make room for God to move and meet us in our hunger. And it's, it's off-roading, kids. Hope you brought your mud shoes. Because we're going to see what God wants to do in the house today. We're not, I, I shelved sermon today. I don't want to miss out what God is doing. How, how can we possibly just go on with another service when God is spreading this thing like wildfire? It's not just at Asbury. It's moving this, this extended worship. I think they've gone for two weeks almost 24-7 worship. And individuals, it's, it's not even like big hype. There's, there's worship leaders around the U.S. that like big names. They're like, I would love to come lead worship. But they're like, thank you, but no thank you. This is led by students. This is led by our local teams. This is led in simplicity. There were, there were news, news cameras coming. I mean, primetime news television shows trying, trying to knock at their door. Asbury says, thank you, but no thank you. Please, please don't come. With all respect, please don't come because we don't want to pollute what God's doing. We don't want to prostitute what God's doing here. And so I believe 
It's not just to have no hype for the sake of no hype. It's, it's purity. It's, it's connecting with Jesus as he is in his holiness. It's not about the big name. It's not about the big speaker. In fact, there was no VIP section at this place. It wasn't like, oh, we're, we're, we're having an outpouring. Let's make sure to save 17 rows for all the big apostolic people that come check it out. We want to make sure that we're honoring them by having first row seats in a green room. No, they sectioned off seats. These are for students only, actually. We, we want God to burn in the lives of our community. We're glad that you're here, but this is for our students that God's uniquely doing. And again, I'm not trying to make this a rule. I'm just trying to, to just comment on, on the humility and hunger that God was doing and is doing there. And I know that it's spreading to other universities. There's, I mean, come on, Gen Z, let's go. It's like, take the ceiling off, you know? Lee University, Samford. Um, I, I know there's more that are, that are taking place. Um, churches are starting to catch this, this same fire. It's like God doesn't want to bottle it up in one location. He does reveal himself in a special presence, but hunger, but hunger, hunger and testimony. Testimony is like saying, do it again, God. Do it again, God. Even as I speak about this, you know something that is interesting about hunger, spiritual hunger, is that you can, by the work of the Spirit, become hungry for something that moments ago you had no appetite for. In fact, I was watching some of these videos a few days ago. You know, you hear about it happening. I was watching the videos and just the Spirit of God was coming over me. I just started coming into a place of, of um, that, that move of the Spirit where there's sometimes just the, the tears that are flowing, not from a sadness, but just from a reaction of His holiness and the beauty of simple devotion. And I mean, they didn't even have some big TV cameras. It was just... People, I think, they weren't even supposed to live stream, but some of us wanted to watch it. And, <laughs> and you could feel God moving through that in the simple devotion of people singing praise to Jesus, looking to Jesus. There's something interesting about hunger because to be hungry is a sign of health. In the spiritual, if you're hungry, it's a sign of health. In the natural, to be hungry is a sign of health. Parents will know that if your kids lose your ap their appetites, potentially something's wrong. Hunger is a sign of health. And one of the most challenging things that we get to do as believers is this, this beauty, intention, and truth to be full and hungry at the same time. Blessed are the hungry, for they will eat and be satisfied. We are fully satisfied in our God, but we are ravenously hungry. Fully satisfied and ravenously hungry. When you live in an environment of a lot of blessing, a lot of us do, we live in environments of a lot of blessing, and one of the things that is required is to maintain hunger. If you don't, if you don't tap into that hunger led by the Spirit, the other option is pride. And what happens is that we have a lot of believers in blessed environments that start to partner 
with getting a full tummy. <laughs> and we're getting a little fat. <laughs> and what happens when we're a little fat is that we get a little cranky and we start to have strong preferences. I don't, I don't like that speaker as much as this speaker. I don't like this author as much as this author. I don't like that church as much as this church. You know, what you really need to be listening to is this. This worship music, it really doesn't do it for me anymore. We've become fat Christians. Even as I was thinking about this, I'm like, oh dear God, I'm laying before you again. I'm like, oh, forgive me for partnering with any kind. That is a form of pride. But when you're hungry, when you're hungry, it doesn't matter if the guitar is out of tune. It doesn't matter if someone can't hit the high notes. It doesn't matter if someone has a big title or a big name. You're just hungry for Jesus. And I think this is an hour where we're returning to a hunger for Jesus. Not a hunger to be right, to be best, to have the strong preferences and the pride, but we're returning to hunger. And hunger and humility are partnered together. Did you hear that? Hunger and humility are partnered together. Because when we're hungry, we're saying, God, I can't do this by myself. I, I don't want to do this by myself. I'm choosing to cling to you. I'm choosing to eat of you. I'm choosing to depend fully on you. I am hungry for the truth. I am hungry for the living God to guide my path. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, in verse 3, this is Moses and the Israelites. Remember when they wandered the desert? They'd come out of Egypt, but they wandered in the desert before they could enter into the land of promise. Because of their lack of faith, because of their grumbling and complaining, they actually kept themselves from entering into all that God had earlier for their lives. And it says in Deuteronomy 8, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Do you remember when they're in the wilderness? They had nothing. They had to live in complete dependency on God. And God provided every single day. Manna in the morning. Manna when I sat in Sunday school class, little, little five-year-old Tommy in Sunday school class, I remember my teacher, Virginia, she, she brought out what she said, this is like manna, and it was frosted Wheaties. So, no, 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 yeah, Wheaties, the little frosted, not the mini Wheaties, they weren't, they, not the square nuggets. Frosted flakes, frosted flakes. I don't, I don't eat that junk anymore, okay? Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Frosted flakes. Manna, okay? That's what God provided for, for years and years. Frosted flakes every morning. A balanced diet for the Israelites. All right, recover. 
And at night, they would have quail. It's nice. I love quail. It's, who's had quail the past year? Oh, we got a few. Oh, wow. Quail. <laughs> All right. Manna. Manna means, what is it? Because they didn't know what it was. This frosted flake, we shall call it, what is it? He caused you to hunger and feeding you with manna, meaning, what is it? And your fathers did not know what that stuff was. Why? To teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Here's the point. Sometimes we ask for explanations to things or situations that we're in, but God wants to keep it a mystery. How many times in our life are we in situations where we're like, God, tell me what's going on here. I got to know. I got to know what my paycheck's going to be. I got to know who my wife's going to be. We want it spelled out. But he wants to keep it a mystery. And the reason being is because out of that mystery, we actually get to attain an understanding that is higher than what would have been the explanation before you. It's better than what we asked for. Manna, what is it? God's like, not going to tell you. But the end result is that when we, when we decide to trust God with the what is it in our lives, the result is that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when we, when we choose to trust God in the middle of the mystery, that's actually where the higher and greater revelation takes place in our lives because we've partnered with trust and we live in extreme dependency upon him. It's actually in the place of humility and hunger. That's the place where we get to dream again. A lot of us have, have lacked a motivation. We've lost drive. We, we, we feel like we're wandering in our lives. Did you know that you can actually find the place in God that you're supposed to be through hunger. It's through hunger. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to just end with this last thing. Because what I believe God is doing right now is looking upon Jesus and casting every other thing aside and having that sole focus on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. I felt like, I was like, God, what do you want me to focus on as we go into this time of ministry? And I, I, I was reminded of Luke chapter four, and I just wanna read this. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit because he had just spent time in the desert Fasting, no food, no water, seeking God. The, the, the call for his earthly ministry had come and then he goes into the wilderness and there's testing. But he comes out from the testing full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where he's at. News about him spread through the whole countryside. This is his home turf in Galilee. He was teaching in their synagogues 
and everyone was praising him. They were applauding him. What is this revelation? What is this wisdom? I'm sure they could sense that saturation of the presence of the Holy Spirit through his ministry. Verse 16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. That's his hometown. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. This was the custom. He stood up and this is what he read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was handed to him. And unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. This is the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah found in the person of Jesus. This is what it says. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is our God. This is the Messiah. The spirit of the Lord is on him. He's anointed, smeared with the presence of the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor to proclaim freedom for any prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is our God. This is Jesus. And he sat down showing this is completed in your hearing. This is what you've been waiting for. The king is here. And our king is alive. Our king is alive. So we're gonna partner with this living God this morning. And I'm gonna move this stand to the side. Would you guys stand up with me? I wanna just invite us into family time. Family time led by the Holy Spirit. And would you grab the hand of the person next to you? Go ahead and grab the hand of the person next to you. I just, Holy Spirit, would you come right now in unity? Spirit-led unity, come right now in the room. We look to you, Jesus, the one that sets us free. The one who is the living God, the king of glory. Love has a name. Love has a face. Love has eyes. His name is Jesus. And God, I want to just start by giving thanks for what you're doing at Asbury and these other universities, how you're moving across this generation right now to look to you. It's not about the title of revival or the title of outpouring. It's about Jesus. 
looking to you, looking to you, filling our lives. Some of us falling face down before you. Some of us arising in joy. We want the full person of Jesus. So we ask that you pour that out here, God. Would you pour that out here, God? We are hungry. We are hungry. And we humble ourselves even right now. And I want to just start personally with confession of any kind of pride that I've partnered with. Any kind of pride that I've partnered with. Sometimes as a leader, you, you just, you're going through discernment. You're trying to find what's right and best. And in any kind of way that I've looked down on other ministries or churches or people where I've partnered with any kind of division, I lay that at the foot of the cross, God. And I confess and I turn from that. And I turn towards love today, God. I turn towards love today. I turn towards love this morning, God. We turn as a church. It's not just about building an evergreen empire. We're building the kingdom of God together. Oh. And there's different flavors and preferences, and I want to honor what you're doing in every place where you are being honored. Pour out the compassion and grace we need at this hour, God. Cover our preferences and our desires, anything soulish, anything trapped in our heads, our thinking, and let us be led by the Holy Spirit from our hearts, God. We need your grace at this hour. I'm going to, in, in a minute, I, I think I am going to open up the mic if people um, have, have testimony of who Jesus has been to them. I'm, I'm not necessarily asking you to give your full testimony, but to give moments and power and grace that are unveiled with knowing Jesus and just to speak out into the atmosphere what he's done and who he's been. Maybe there's a moment of repentance Maybe there's a time where you just need to proclaim what he's done in your life. Maybe there's a, something that he's speaking to you that you feel led to release. I know this is risky, but in a moment, I just want to open it up to be led by the Spirit in this way. So let's start. You guys can have a seat now. Let's just start with focusing in on him an adoration of Jesus by singing together, okay? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to Let it be a sweet 
So I just want to wait for a moment in the silence. And as Louisa plays, if you feel that stirring within you that you're supposed to come up and you're supposed to share what Jesus has done, a moment of repentance, a moment where Jesus has revealed himself, I want to, I want to bring that invitation when you're ready. Hey church family, my name is Josiah and I'm from a little small town in South Carolina, kind of the Nazareth of South Carolina, a uh, country town and the Lord was with me at my birth. My father was a new believer and he dedicated me as a child and I have seen the goodness of the Lord all the days of my life. God has pursued me since my birth and what I want to testify is that knowing God from my earliest memories, he has revealed himself over and over and brought more and more revelation, the most recent being struggling with uh, depression. I, went, I was actually a youth pastor at a church for years. I went to Sudan because I wanted to be a missionary, and I saw what seemed the end of the earth and God working there, and then he sent me back. And then I went to Papua. I got to witness the very first Bible. Um, go into the hands of 10,000 Donnie people, and I was so excited and moved. I mean, it was bigger than the Super Bowl celebration. This was 
the greatest moment of, I had ever seen in God's pouring out His Spirit. And I was like, God, is this the place for me? Is this what you've called me to? I want to be a missionary when I was six. Like, is this it? And He sent me back. And then He brought me to be a youth pastor. And at that time, I, I felt so in my purpose and in my calling, but there was this heavy weight of sadness. And I saw a Christian therapist there who said, hey, I know you don't want to hear this, but you have clinical depression. You have all the signs of it. And I, I came into agreement with that, and I took on medication. And for many years, I, most people would see me as this super passionate. I have so many stories. I could spend three hours telling you my full testimony, but I want you to hear this, that I came into that depression, and I took on the medication. And for years, I, I was a Christian struggling with depression, and I would talk about this all the time. And, and I, I knew God can heal me. I mean, I've, I've preached in many different countries. I've shared my testimony so many places, but I would wake up with this thing, and I was like, this is a sickness. This is a mental illness. I'm, I'm going to be this Christian advocate for mental illness. And, and God said, he wasn't done with me. And he brought somebody, and they, he brought friends around and different people through many things, and they said, maybe you should transition onto plant medicine instead of this other medicine. And so then I went that direction. But I'm... I'm here to rejoice with you. Uh, it's been 44 days since I've had any kind of medication. I'm the most joyful, spirit-filled I've ever been. And I knew the whole time, like, God can heal me. God can heal me. My name, is Josiah, means God heals. God supports. And I've seen people healed through prayer in these hands. But where's my healing, God? I kept asking, where's my healing? Am I going to deal with this forever? Like, Jesus paid for 100% of sin, not most of it. He, he heals all disease, not most of it. He might not do it in the exact minute that I think, but he does. And I'm not a Christian who struggles with depression. I'm a Christian who's healed by God. I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't need plant medicine. I don't need prescription medicine. I just need Jesus. And I want to encourage anybody. I sat in church seats in so many different services going, well, today be the day. Will you take it away, please? And I've, I've had so many people pray over me. But the Lord did it in his time. And like Tommy mentioned, it was repentance. My dad always says the same verse to me. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways... I will heal their land. It doesn't say if your enemies will repent. It doesn't say if the people out there will repent or the people that you think need to repent. It says if my people, that starts with me, that starts with us. When we repent, I kept telling myself, well, I'm not hooking up. But he said, is there even a hint of sexual morality? Repent of it. You're not just repenting for yourself, you're repenting for us. This is a we thing. When we repent, we all get healed. When we repent of saying, okay, God, just this little bit of medicine, then we all get the healing. There's no shame in repentance. It's the most exciting thing ever. And now it's daily repentance. It's having these men around me like Tommy and Alex, and I could name them all, but just guys who are calling me to be like everything, any hint, any hint of sin, just repent of it and you'll be free and will be free. Because when one of us is stuck in sin, all of us are affected by it. God wants everyone in this room overflowing at 100, so we're going out there and completing the Great Commission. And I believe it now with all my heart. 
I'm so thankful, and I, I want to thank this church for opening a mic to allow people to share. I've had this testimony within me, and I want to tell everyone, like, I promise you, the full healing is completely possible. Do not come into agreement with anyone who tells you otherwise, because Jesus is king. Amen. Amen. Maybe what we can do... Um, if you want to line up over on the side, and then I'll kind of know. But the next person, come on up. I saw, Ju was that Judy? Come on, Judy. Let's welcome Judy. Hello, everyone. As Pastor Tommy was um, speaking of revival and Osbury, and I, I actually um, had not really seen the intense until I met with him on Friday. And I'm going to speak out of my own um, life. How many of you know that God speaks to you with your own personal testimony? And so I've been battling for many, many years. Um, not being accepted by my own family to the point where it's been crying at nights. And we're all Christians, we're all saved. But the last two weeks, I've been, um, it's like God told me to text, a group text with my sisters and and just say, you know, we need to get along as adults. We need to see each other in our flaws and respect and honor each other and love each other because Jesus loves us that way. And um, so I texted them and it was last Saturday and one of them didn't respond at all and the other one, there's three siblings, and the other one just blasted out with rage and hate and just really ugly to the point where I was in tears but I was like okay I just want the Lord I don't know what that looks like but he's been preparing my heart for this move and I just feel like something's happening in the spirit and um, I was able to 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 see my sisters um, not out of my own hurt, but out of the goodness of God. And I can't say it doesn't hurt, it really does. But what I could say is I have to repent because no matter what they say, I see it in the wrong way, every time. And my mom lives with me and it's, there's this jealousy because we get along well. But I can see God moving in the spirit with my mom and I because my mom is kind of the, created this monster with what she spoke. She, she says things and they took it the wrong way. And she's a kind, loving woman. She's beautiful. But because of her, it's created this monster type of thing. But I could see last week, I, just, I was speaking to my mom and I said, Mom, you know, it's really important that we recognize our mistakes and we just repent. And it's funny that you're talking about that. So she's, so I, I pointed out a few things and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Judy. I had no idea. And I said, 
I already forgave you, but I'm going to go and give you a hug because I know that I want you to remember this moment, that it's more important than anything else's past. And I've been seeing God move through my family slowly and slowly. I don't see the picture in the natural yet, but I do see that my mom at 85 years old will see her family restored. And it's, it, really, it really starts with me because I repent that I thought I was more of, or I had more of God, or I had, because God moves, and he's been miraculously moving in my life in every season, like testimony after testimony. I have a, a flow of testimonies, but I repent for being in that place that, you know what, I'm doing the right thing. I'm following Jesus. I, the Holy Spirit is with me. He's not with, I don't understand, but, you know, I repent that I didn't believe that God could also do in them what he's doing in me, no matter how their disbelief or whatever season they're in. And I'm just repenting because I want to see my family united. And I think it starts with me today. So if any of you are struggling with family members or loved ones that really are hurting you, I just really encourage you to ask God for forgiveness and ask them for forgiveness. And I just know that God is going to do something in family restoration. I feel that strongly, strongly, strongly. And I just want to thank the Lord because it starts with us, with me. And I thank you for the community and everyone. I'm being vulnerable, but I thank you guys because there's no better church that I feel like at home here. And I thank you. Why don't we do this every Sunday? This is... Thank you, Judy. You know, when, when the testimony line's competing with the bathroom line, we, we know we're in a good spot. Wow. All right. Next. Because I want to get... We're not going to force our way through, but I want to make sure we're short, brief, powerful. Hallelujah. church family. My name is Erica. Um, I want to give God all the praise and all the glory because mm. he's the one who, who gave me deliverance from a demonic spirit of fear, from a spirit of suicide and depression and self-loathing and hatred that I had lived in for so long. And he's the one who saw me and who reached into that pit of filth and despair and saw something worth taking a hold of. He's the one who saw me in the middle of that and who pulled me free from it. He's the one who gave me freedom, who gave me a new identity, an identity of freedom and of joy. That I get to stand here and proclaim his goodness. That I get to live in that every single day. 
I am alive because he saved my life. He stopped me from killing myself and he gave me a new life, a new name, a new identity. I am here because of the Lord. He is so good. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to break off the agreements that I've made with the spirit of sexual immorality that has rested on my family for generations. It has caused so much pain, it has caused so much hurt, and it is done. I am over it. I am breaking it off of me and my siblings and my parents. It ends here. I repent of all agreements that has been made with it. It is not part of our family any longer. It is not part of who I am. Oh, and Jesus, I repent for every doubt, for every way that I have questioned you, every way that I have forgotten that this is my story, every way that I have lost sight of who you say I am. The fact that I have breath in my lungs is a testimony itself, and I have not used every single breath to praise you, and I repent for that distraction that I have allowed in my life. I know you saved me for a reason and for a purpose, and I turn my eyes back to you. I thank you so much for the glory that you have placed inside of me. Only you know why. But thank you that I get to be a living, walking testimony. And I pray that your power would flow through me and flow through this church so powerfully. Amen. Amen. And just as she was, as she was just speaking out who Jesus is, um, at any point, if you want to, even if you don't have a word to say, we just want to keep the altar open to, if you want to give something over to the Lord, give something over. If you need something from him, come receive too. So just at any point, open space too. I'm going to have her pray over, over you. If something specifically stood out to you, would you be so bold to stand up right now if that was something in your life that you want um, freedom and the power of God upon you. Go ahead and stand up right now if that's you. that needs that freedom, that deliverance. We thank you that you are the God who sees, the God who does, the God who brings freedom. We lift every heart up to you, God, who needs that freedom right now. We pray that release of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come meet us in this place. Meet us in the filth, meet us in the pain, meet us in the darkness, meet us in the distraction. Oh, meet us in those lies that feel like we can never break free from them because that is the biggest lie. The biggest lie is that we can never break free because you are so good. You are so faithful to show up. You are so faithful to continue to pursue us. Thank you for the freedom that you are bringing to every heart in this place today, Father. Thank you for the joy, the spirit of joy that is bubbling up inside of you for every single one of these hearts. Thank you for that beautiful, radiant smile shining over them as your beloved children. You see them. You see them so beautifully and purely, and you are calling them higher. You are calling them up to sonship, to daughtership, to rest in your arms, to feel that beautiful peace just wash over them. Take every burden away. Break off every burden that has distracted them, that has kept them from seeing you as the good father. 
Abba, thank you so much for your radiant beauty. We release that beauty in this room today. We release that beauty over their hearts. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen, amen. You guys can take a seat. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, everybody. My name is Yore. And if I'm honest, I'm a little scared to be up here, but um, I will choose obedience over my feelings. So, um, <clears throat> I am repenting from pride um, and sitting on my gifts. Um, I've been gifted in a lot of ways. I've been called to speak and I've allowed fear to cripple that. Um, but God is doing something really powerful in this church. From the first day that I was here, God spoke so loudly. It was not a question of, is that you, Lord? And, or is that my subconscious? Like, it was clear. And I've never second-guessed that moment. And he said, go speak be bold. He told me that last year, June. And um, I don't think he's just telling me that. <laughs> I know that he's talking to all of us to do the same thing. And so I just want to read from my notes what I wrote down. <laughs> um, last week, there was a woman um, who uh, came up to me, I came to the altar and kneeled down, or maybe it was two Sundays ago, um, but I came down, I kneeled down and um, was praying to the Lord, and a woman I've never met came over to me, put her hand on my back, and she said everything that the Lord has been talking to me about. And if I'm honest with you, um, I've been in church for a long time, I've been a Christian for a long time, been walking with the Lord for a while. Um, but sometimes I get very, very skeptical um, about God's power. Um, not that I haven't seen it. I've seen him do it in my life. But I've also seen a lot of people play with church. And so I don't just allow kind of anybody to just say God told me this um, because I know I have a personal deep relationship with him. But when she said that, I just, when she was done, I just looked at her like, do you know me? <laughs> like... Have you heard of me before or has someone talked to you? Like, cause she was just so on the money and cause the Lord was speaking through her obviously. Um, and um, I joined the church um, this past week um, after almost a year of being here. And I heard the Lord say to me to share with you, Pastor Tommy and the leadership here before you even opened this up. And I was like, okay, I'm probably just gonna say it after church or something. Um, he said to prepare because a diverse congregation is coming. <laughs> Young and old, black and white, and just very different people. Yeah. This place is free. Yeah. I can discern, I've visited a lot of churches and I can discern when I walk into a space when people are just friendly, you know, and hey, how are you? We've got coffee to the left, that kind of thing, and that's cool. But like, this is a real place where you can be yourself. I've been visiting here off and on for 11 months, and you guys have been consistently open. 
and real and honest from my personal experience. And um, uh, there is something about joining a local body for those who haven't joined. Um, they have not asked me to say this, obviously, but like the Lord does want you to 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 um, just buckle down and join a church and be covered. So um, I'll I'll leave it there. <laughs> Time passes fast when we're doing this, doesn't it? Or not? Uh, hold on. <laughs> I got. I got to figure out what we're gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna do. Um, yeah. Let's keep it rolling for now. <laughs> Come on, Jess. Wherever you want, girl. I'm really nervous to be up here too, and. When your heart's pitter-pattering, that's when you know you're supposed to share something. <sighs> and um, you mentioning about leadership earlier, really, I feel like this is going to resonate a ton. But um, so years ago, God gave me a vision and was like, basically, partner with your friend and um, do this kingdom work together. Anyway, so we do, it's amazing, and of course over years, um, unfortunately, it actually, um, we had a falling out. And, and then after that, you know, I was really confused, like, God, didn't you call us to this work, and didn't you want us to do all this impact? And um, so really confused, heart is just hurting, and I remember talking to one of my good friends and mentors, and I was like, okay, maybe... Maybe I was wrong somewhere. Maybe I'm not supposed to work with anybody anymore. And we were in the nonprofit space. And my friend was like, no, Jess, like you are called to collaboration. And that's also what the kingdom is about, is about collaboration. So anyway, years later, um, partnered with another friend of mine and to do kingdom work again. And same thing happened. Um, and unfortunately, the first one, we actually haven't spoken in about five or so years. And I remember reaching out to her and asking if we could have a conversation and I forgive you and all of that. And she wasn't ready. And then this one, same exact thing happened. And um, and just in the past like couple of weeks, honestly, I've just been in this place of what God's grace really looks like. And his grace doesn't make any sense. And forgiveness as well. Yeah. And I just keep getting this, um, especially in the business and nonprofit world where, like, it is a constant forgive. It's a constant grace. It's a constant, hey, like, this is way bigger than us, you know? Like, what is the kingdom? And, that's, and it reminds me of church, too where at the end of the day, we have to let go of, of our pride and come. And so as we were sitting there, I was like shaking because even though I feel like I've been the one to be like, hey, can we have a conversation? Like I forgive you and all this stuff and it not be reciprocated. For some reason, I feel like I'm supposed to continue that process and be like keep showing up even when it's painful or it's not received on the other end. Um, so I guess I just share this one like Maybe it's for myself and for anybody else out there that is dealing with that in 
your own life, whether you are in leadership, whether you are in the nonprofit space or business space or leading a church, but it really is about the kingdom of God and how we're to impact more people together. And I don't know what this is gonna look like or anything, but I just feel the continue of reconciliation, the continuation of grace, no matter what that looks like. And um, yeah, anyway, so I have no idea, but I, I know that God works in it and just seeing people through the filter of who God is and how he sees humans, how he sees situations and um, it's not our way, but um, so that's all, yeah. It's incredible. So I'm gonna try something out. Can, we got a long line. Would you guys actually just come forward? I want, I want us just to share, uh, let's just fill up the whole space here. We're gonna keep it 30 seconds each, kids. I believe in you. So think about how you want to summarize. Do we need, do we need a, a balcony here, a second, a second row? I guess when you're done, you'll just funnel off. That's okay. All right. So we're going to start off with Chris, and um, let's just give, like, quick little 15-second snapshots if we can. And then after this, I, I want kind of to end with one last thing. Hey, um... I just want to announce a victory. Come on, yes. When, when I got to Evergreen, uh, I was a broken man, and I didn't really understand Christians or who they were. And I mean, I knew I grew up as one, but I thought people were making up testimonies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and um, the day before I got to Evergreen, I, I was not in good shape. I, um, um, I, I'm not going to the whole story, but um, I was just spiritually broken. And, uh, and I walked into Evergreen. And I knew this was the church. And I, I, not that it was perfect and beautiful and everything. It was just a warehouse gallery. <laughs> but it was the spirit of the church and the spirit of Tommy. And I said, no, this, this is the place. And um, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know. I didn't know. I couldn't ever know. And this past year, I've seen so many miracles in my life. <laughs> it's hard to understand. It's hard to believe. And I get up this morning, I'm like, am I worthy? And then I remember, yes, the Lord is with me right now. My car broke down yesterday, my back went out. But this morning I said, Lord, I need to get to church. I just need to be there. So I walked to church this morning. I don't live far, but <laughs> still, I walked to church this morning. 
Um, <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I realized I still had some judgment in my heart. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I realized that I was still like judging some people. I don't know if you know about this, but, but like sometimes it's like someone says something that you don't think is so great. And then you start up like, I, I have a tendency of creating these fantasies of like, oh, then I will show them like, this would be a snarkist thing to say. And, and blah, 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 blah. And God showed me like, hey, you've been judging people still. Hi. And, uh, and I realized that I had not allowed God to be the judge in my life. And, uh, and even like two years ago, I could have not prayed this prayer, but I just had a moment in worship at Evergreen a couple of, year, uh, couple of weeks ago where I invited God to be my judge. And through that act, I realized how much there has still been self-judgment and even judgment towards God. And that just opened this beautiful conversation where um, God reminded me of the words of George MacDonald, who was the mentor of C.S. Lewis, who said that when you have the understanding of the goodness of God, you will run to his arms and say, God, judge me to my core. And, uh, and, uh, and it just shifted all my attention. Like I, I had been anxious and feeling certain feelings. <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden, and I was, I was mad at God. I was like, why are you not speaking into these things that I'm feeling like? And, and then all of a sudden, God just told me, like, Petri, he speaks Finnish too, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and said that sometimes I have a hard time understanding you because I only see you as holy, flawless, and restored, as you might have now learned from the book of Colossians. And, uh, and he just said, like, your language is not in sync with mine. And that's just been just this wonderful, wonderful shift where um, when you just this realization when everything between you and the Father is designed to be magnificent, then, like, it just shifts everything and the stress starts to dissipate. And, and I felt so alive. I guess that's 30 seconds. Amen. 30 seconds in heaven. Love you. We're getting, we're getting a little shorter. Let's, let's see if we can do it. Hi, guys. Um, so I don't know. I, okay, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this or not or if I'm just supposed to renounce what I've... I had a dream last night, and um, my neighbors, all my neighbors, like, came over, and we were... I was like, let's play a game to, like, get freedom and deliverance and the Lord to come. And um, we were all in a circle, and I was like you know, repent and renounce things in your life. And literally, and I, I take that as the neighbors, as my brothers and sisters here, so I don't know if this is gonna touch anybody or, um, but anyway, I'll continue. <laughs> um, so when we sat around the circle, I was like, okay, so we're gonna play a game and we're gonna like all go around and everyone's gonna renounce. And we're just gonna go one by one by one by one and we're just gonna keep going. And literally they just, everybody sat there and they just, silent and they wouldn't say anything. I'm like, you guys, this is fun. This is good. This, this is fun. We're just, it's quick. 
And literally, like, everyone was just like, and I'm like, okay, I'll go first. So I was like, I renounce sadness, which maybe the Lord wants me to renounce. So, you know, I repent for, I don't know if I repent, but I just renounce that spirit off of me. Um, and, and then they just were kind of like, so I just want to encourage I'm thinking because I had that dream last night that maybe the Lord wants me to encourage somebody that you don't need to have shame about anything that you have on you or any spirit that you have on you or to feel like you have to like keep it hidden or just between you and the Lord. You can do it as a group and there's such power in renouncing together and to say together, yes, I have this and I have this and I have this and I have this and I want to get rid of this and I want to get rid of this. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that when we do it together, like we are kind of now, that there's such a power that comes and the Lord comes for such freedom. And um, so the two things, I'm just going to renounce what I had in my dream um, that I, I'm sorry, I'm just super nervous in front of people. Um, so um, I renounce sadness, and I renounce, um, um, I was trying to figure out how I, the exact wording that I said in the dream, but it's basically a wavering of focus, where I'm really focused, and then I'm not focused, and I'm really focused, and I'm not focused, and it's something that I've struggled with my whole life, so I think the Lord wants me to renounce it publicly to you guys, and um, yeah, I just also, when they were praying for me, the guy said, you hold peace, and um, I've had many people tell me that I'm a carrier of peace, so I just want to release to anybody's heart that is troubled, I release a, just peace over you, anything that I can give, um, peace to anyone that needs it. Thank you. Amen. If you, need, if you need a portion of peace, if that speaks to you, um, would you stand over here and pray for anyone that needs that? Come, come over there and she'll pray for you if you need a deposit of peace in your life. All right. Guys, we're getting a little faster. This is good. This is good. I'll try to be brief. My name is Lisa, you guys. I came up here initially, and I knelt right there, and I was the Lord told me to talk about depression. And then the first guy talked about depression. And I was like, well, I can't do it as well as he did. So I went and sat back down and my friend looked me in the eye and said, you're supposed to share. So three things, three things from that. Number one, your voice matters. Your story matters. Get you a friend who will look you in the eye and tell you, get your butt back up there and share what God wanted you to share. Number two, I am not healed yet. I am still in depression. God is still walking me out of it. This is for anyone who sits in those seats and thinks, wow, all these healing stories, why ain't I healed yet? Because I'm not healed yet, but I'm here and I have God and I know that he's walking me out of it. Number three, I repent. I repent from the spirit of comparison that has been rampant in my life. We all compare all the time in Hollywood. That's what we do. I want that award. I want that job. I want that paycheck. But God says, how can you compare yourself to anyone else? Because I made you to be unique. Yeah. No one is better than you at being you. Be the person I made you to be, and that's the most beautiful thing in the entire world. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's go. Okay. Um, mine is also about depression. Uh, it's been this month, two years ago. God like radically healed me and set me free from it to the point where it was like a physical manifestation of cold water felt like it was pouring out of my chest to where I like looked up at the ceiling thinking there was a leak like pouring on me because I was like oh sorry I was like oh there's something coming down and it felt like he was just wringing my heart out and all of this cold like ice cold water just like pouring out of my body and like feeling like it was real and I was just like okay um, but that wasn't just this instantaneous thing. Like this was years of being like, God, when am, when is it my turn? When am I going to be able to be healed from this? And that day uh, I was listening to this song and 
just talking about like restoring the heart. And I was like, God, when, when do I get to do this? And he's like, I promise you I will. And I sat there and I said, okay, you know what? I agree with this promise. And that was the day that he came in and he wrung that from my heart and my body. And it's been two years. And so I just want to say right here, I'm standing here living proof that you can come from like depression and wanting to not be here anymore to living in joy and healing and power and strength in Jesus. And so thank you, God. <laughs> for your healing and uh, for your, your ability to set us free in a moment. Like it's not all these things that you have to do and get in a line and no, like it's right now. And so I just release that right now in the name of Jesus, that healing and that restoration of your heart in Jesus name. Yeah. Amen. Woo. So uh, if you want the long version, flag me down later or something. But the Lord told me to share two things. He told me to tell the people. And one of them is that he's resurrecting dead dreams. He took me to Mark 16:6, which is the empty tomb. And a lot of people are looking at the empty tomb and he's like, dude, your dreams are risen. So the Lord actually told me that he's gonna restore all the dreams that were lost in the past generation if people will believe him in this one. So the Asbury thing has got me like crying spontaneously. So here's the second summary, which is I asked God to like, there's one of the songs playing like, I asked him like shine a light in my heart and go ahead and look at every room kind of thing. And so he started taking me like one by one. There's only like four things, right? I mean, there's a million things we've done, but there were four things he showed me and he like let me linger on them for a while. And some surprised me, I didn't even think they were like that bad, you know, it was like when I was a little kid, stuff I did. And, um, but the Lord told me, he said, tell the people that I'm restoring innocence in this hour. And so you see the two together, he's, he's restoring innocence so that we can get back to like the status quo, right? And the earth is formless and void. And then he's restoring dreams. He's saying, let there be light. So Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, whatever part of this testimony, we impart the substance of what you've given me. I pray that your Holy Spirit, anyone that hears this, would receive the breakthrough in Jesus' name. So I was on the way here getting some spiritual LASIK, so I feel like it is done and it's still happening. Um, I just, I, I, in this season, God has been really, really shining a light on all of the places that I looked for accreditation and affirmation that was not him. And I repent of that right now. And I've been repenting since I've been in my seat, but I repent of that right now. And what he showed me was um, about 10 years ago in September, I had this vision. It was one of the craziest visions I ever had, but it was him showing me my history with him in it. And it ended up with me just crying for like hours saying, he's my father, he's my father, he's my father. And then fast forward 10 years later, I feel like I'm getting the understanding of what that means, which is that my identity, my accreditation, my affirmation, because father means to bring forth, my affirmation, who I am comes from him and no one else. God. So being from the Nazareth of Los Angeles, I'm from LA. Um, I'm from South Central LA. 
Um, one, we see it all over where we're looking for affirmation and accreditation from elsewhere. If I do a good enough job, maybe they'll like me. Maybe I'll be good. If I do enough jo- good, good enough job in my family or in my, um, in, my, in my friend circle, maybe I'll prove myself to be dispensable. But can I tell you today, you're already dis- indispensable. He already, he already put the worthiness that is on you. There's nothing you can do to gain more worthiness. So I would like to pray over all of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the fact that there is nothing that we can do to buy or purchase or create our own worthiness. You and your blood have made us worthy, God, that we can lift our holy hands and you are the ones that made our hands holy in Jesus' name. Lord, let it be a revelation. You said we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Here's the word of my testimony. May we all overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Okay, here's the deal. I, I, I have a hard time cutting people off, okay? So here's, here's what I feel like the Lord dropped. So next week, we have Karen Covell coming to speak in the house. Karen is over. She started, she launched. She's the director of Hollywood Prayer uh, Network, Hollywood Prayer Network. And she's been investing in Los Angeles for plus 20 years, Uh, 20 years plus, I think 30 years actually. And so she has a wealth of wisdom and she was already speaking some things that I think are gonna be so encouraging to the house. And so that's next week. Um, Rena, I would love, actually Emily, you're wonderful at administration. Can you get everyone's name? And I I wanna um, make space the week after for us to continue this. I, I think God's on it, he's moving. And gosh, I'm just rocked hearing everyone in your lives, like what God is doing. And so I want to continue that on. It doesn't have to be just a one Sunday kind of thing. Like this is a lifestyle of following Jesus. He is active. He's moving in our lives. So that'd be awesome. All right. Can we just end? Um, Would you guys stand up with me? I want to just worship with one song.